Coaching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Positive psychology is the scientific study of the strengths and virtues that enable individuals to thrive. No wonder it's a perfect addition to your coaching toolbox. Coach Deb Levy joins Coach Terry on the podcast to help us understand and embrace the science of happiness and well-being. Alrighty, so we are here. We are talking positive psychology with Deborah Levy, and Deborah is joining the Impact Coaching Academy uh, team this upcoming fall with uh, running an entire series of positive psychology, which I think is super exciting. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but let's start in with uh, just a quick welcome. Deb, welcome. Hi, Terry. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and we're really, I, I'm excited. We're really excited to have you come play in our, our sandbox, so to speak. <laughs> so I, I'm yeah, I want to start by um, drawing something from an article you have that's coming up, a uh, publication coming up in Choice Magazine, which, uh, again, super big congratulations on that. That's a wonderful publication for coaches, and, and I know your your series will do really well in, in there. Um, so you said in one of the opening lines, if you are a good coach, you are a positive psychology practitioner. And I think that's such an interesting statement, and I'd love you to help us understand that better. So what does that mean, and, and what is a positive psychology practitioner? What is positive psychology? Sure, sure. Well, good, good question, Terry. Um, I'll start by telling you how I came into coaching. So I did come into coaching through a positive psychology door. I was uh, privileged to teach as a part of this huge positive psychology course at Harvard, which happened in 2006 with Tal Ben-Shahar. We had over 856 students, and it was just an overwhelmingly, unbelievably positive course that uh, the teachers and the teaching assistants, which I was one of, and the 850 students got so much value from. So that's how I entered coaching. and. Um, and from there, I decided I was at a time where I wanted to do more and I wanted to help people in a different way. And I got trained through Mentor Coach, which specializes in coaching and positive psychology. So for me, I entered coaching because I wanted to help people and I did want to share the gifts and tools of positive psychology with others. That's awesome. So, you know, so, so what was kind of, did you, did you discover positive psychology first or coaching or just kind of concurrently? Kind of like coming so, into your awareness. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, it, it pretty positive psychology first. I was involved in that class and wanted to do something and thought for a minute about going to uh, UPenn to be involved in a master's program in positive psychology, the MAP program. But that wasn't going to be the right goal for me at that moment. And then I found out about mentor coach and I had thought some about coaching. So it was an, a nice combination of things. Um, so when I talk about that, if you are a coach, you're a positive psychology practitioner, I mean, as, as coaches, we are working with healthy, creative, resourceful people who are ready for change. And in positive psychology, the focus is, one of the focuses is on how do you move people from zero to plus five. Um, so psychology, as usual, 
in, in, in general respects is looking at, you know, people who are, are struggling, who are at, say, negative five, how do we get them up to baseline? Now, that's a gross generalization of therapy. And positive psychology is, that, is actually concerned with the negative five, but also pays a lot of attention to the plus five. So as um, in terms of positive psychology and coaching, we're all helping people to move forward to their potential and really to maximize their strengths and resources to meet their goals. So that's, so that, cool. that's the, the, first, the first way that it's implicit that we're all using positive psychology philosophy theory in our work. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you a quick question about this negative five to zero and then zero to plus five. So when we're talking about, so zero is like, the, the baseline, right? And at negative five, people are showing up with significant issues or resistance or, or complications in their lives, and plus five, is that how you would describe that, or how can you articulate that so uh, anyone who's listening who hasn't had the opportunity to sort of use those terminologies would really understand them? Sure. And when I say negative five, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I always draw this little picture that I'm making um, right now as we speak. <laughs> so um, I, I'm thinking about negative five in terms of traditional psychology that we're looking at mental illness, depression, anxiety, you know, people are really struggling. Um, and as a coach, I mean, that negative five, you know, we're, it's always an assessment, are, are those people ready for change, right? So as right. coaches, I generally think of people who are at baseline of some sorts and are ready to move forward with some goal challenge that we're going to help them with. Now, some people dip a little, so it's not rigid and concrete, but that's the, the general overview of how I think about uh, positive psychology. Cool. Awesome. So it really is about what helps the plus fibers thrive. Yes. yes. Awesome. Um, so. So the, the, the exciting part of positive psychology, which was, you know, founded in 1998 by Barney Seligman when he was president of the American Psychological Association. So he um, grouped together the psychologists who were researching um, well-being and success and positive emotions and goals. So he grouped that together. So positive psychology is a wing of, of psychology as a whole. And the, the difference is it's just the focus. So there's people who've always been studying positive emotions. There's people who have always been studying goal setting, um, as well as you know other fields of, of psychology who are doing behaviorism and cognitive therapy. So, so positive psychology is the a research-based arm of psychology um, made up, you know, the, the theories made up by psychologists. So that, that's one of the myths that people hear positive psychology. They think of it as, you know, um, the, the, the happy class, right? That it's about helping yeah. people be happy, and you know, we we got a lot of that sort of backlash at Har You know, Harvard was, you know, all these kids are taking a happy class, and we're giving them Kool Aid, and they're getting A's. And in fact, that wasn't the case at all. So that, that's the first that it it really is the research behind well-being and success and achievement. So when I think about as if we're coaches, we're practicing positive psychology. Um, positive psychology offers some of the research validity to the things that we do that we know work. Uh, let's, so let's talk for a second because you're drawing some really clear distinctions here. Let's take a, a sort of a step back and really draw a distinction. Positive psychology 
is not something that is limited or exclusive to the realm of psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, etc. And, and I think a lot of coaches, you know, they tried so hard to be really clear and draw those lines when they first come into coaching, like, oh, I don't want to do therapy, you know, don't let me accidentally do therapy. And even putting the word positive psychology kind of gives some of them a little bit of a, a wince because they're like, I don't understand it enough. So can you talk for just a minute about how really across the board life applicable this is and, and that that it is something that coaches absolutely have permission, for lack of a better word, to play in. Sure. So that's, that's uh, you know, again, a, a common stereotype. So um, just as if you're a, you know, I mean, therapists tend to help people resolve issues in the, in the past. And, again, for all the therapists out there, um, I'm, I'm making gross generalizations, and, you know, we know when we make sure. distinctions between therapy and consulting and coaching right in the middle. So as coaches, we are very clear what we can do. Okay, so absolutely, positive psychology is not therapy. Okay, now there, there are versions of people who do positive psychotherapy, but positive psychology is is not therapy. The same as in psychology, people who are studying behaviorism aren't practicing, aren't practicing clinicians. So it's a, it's a body of research. And, and actually, Marty Seligman, the founder, he, he also was coming across some of these stereotypes and kind of the um, downgrading of the field because it, you know, the, the, the myths about it. And in, 19, in 2011, he renamed, you know, positive psychology and what he was practicing. He called it well-being theory. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a more, more helpful descriptor because it lets people know these are, this is the research behind what contributes to well-being. Absolutely. And well-being is certainly, that's the business we're in no matter what our niche specialty is, we're in the business of well-being for sure. Yeah. Good. yeah. Well, good. I'm really glad to clear that up because, again, like I said, a lot of newer coaches, when they first are discovering coaching, you know, somebody even whispers the word psychology and they sort of get a little get a little jumpy. So <laughs> I don't want that. I want them to be like, yeah, baby, <laughs> let, me, let me get that positive psychology. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, there's also a whole field of coaching psychology that's going on. And, you know, I think when you add psychology, um, you know, it, it is referring to people in general who have, you know, PhDs, who are psychologists, who are researchers, who are looking at why does this work and are doing, you know, controlled research on um, what what cr- promotes change. So, in, in many ways, positive psychology is a form of coaching psychology. Um, so I think it might be helpful, I think, for me to kind of describe the components of positive psychology because I, I think it will help people understand what we're talking about. Absolutely. Remember, that was the next question on my mind is, can you break it down? What are the basics yes. of positive psychology? Yes. So um, the theory that Marty Seligman put forward in actually 1998, 1990. 1998 and adjusted in 2011, he describes it as the PERMA model. Okay, so those are five distinct components that contribute to well-being. And the first one is positive emotions. The second one is engagement. 
The third one is relationships. The fourth one, M for meaning, and A for accomplishments. So those are the different paths to well-being. Um, and I'll, I'll get into a little lecture mode for a minute. Is that okay? Oh, please do. I mean, it, it's, this is your area of expertise, and, and believe me, I'm I, I'm over here taking notes. I'm like perma P E R. I'm on it. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, why, why do Seligman's book flourish? Is a good research to kind of learn, learn more and read. So the P in um, in perma is positive emotions. So that is the study of positive emotions and. Um, one of the leaders in the field is Barbara Fredrickson, and she's written the book Positivity and Love 2.0. So she came up with a theory by studying positive emotions that um, it's called the broaden and build theory. So in fact, when you have positive emotions, you are able to think more broadly and creatively and come up with novel um, solutions to situations. And and one of my my favorite my favorite studies is they they primed um, doctors so they had a you know a study and they had one group of doctors and they gave them a case to diagnose and actually and the intervention was they gave them candy okay? now they had another group of doctors who they had looked at the same case to diagnose and they didn't get the candy and they found that you know doctors who were primed with positive emotions came up with the diagnosis quicker, um, came up with more creative understandings for treatment. Um, so, so you know, the, another one was that when people were primed with positive emotions, their peripheral vision actually was broadened. So they really could literally see more of the world. As opposed to negative emotions, that's when we constrict. So we, we know as clients, when, when people are in their challenging places and, you know, stuck, often what that's about is they're kind of in a tunnel vision and they just can't see their way out of it. And that's often where they seek coaching or, you know, our skills come in. So, so positive emotions is, is the first component. And, you know, um, another part that Barbara Ferguson found was that there's a positivity ratio. And that means that, you know, the, the ratio of three to one positive emotions helps people flourish. Okay, so most of us are actually at a two-to-one ratio, and she calls that languishing. Um, one-to-one kind of refers to people who are more on the depressed side. So, you know, in many ways that corresponds with the, the, the negative five, zero, and plus five. So most of, many people are at the zero, which is, you know, kind of in-place languishing, and, and people need to pay attention to that ratio of positive to negative emotions. So that's really being able to kind of be in and be aware of your positive emotions uh, on that three-to-one ratio. And I, I love what you say about the one-to-one ratio of being sort of in a, a depressive state. I think that that highlights a, a major misconception that a lot of people have about, you know, harmony or balance. They think, oh, I've got, you know, equal majors. And equal majors doesn't actually work. You know, it, it, that's not a, a, a it's not a sustainable place to, to hold anything. But um, the, the the three to one ratio that's almost like the you know I don't know if you've heard of the studies about how many hugs and how much physical touch people need for mm-hmm. for really thriving. It's you know we think oh we we just need a hug every now and then. No, we need touch every day, right? Yeah. So three to one I think is a really interesting statistic. Uh, I'm really glad that that. You kind of brought that forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think you said the right word, the concept of thriving or flourishing. And what that means, you know, when you're at this three-to-one ratio, you can make deposits in the emotional bank. So when things mm-hmm. are challenging, it can help you be more resilient. So, you know, another myth is positive psychology doesn't care about the negative and, you know, everything's positive, positive, roses. And, and, and in the articles I talk about, you know, positive psychology is the most helpful when people are being challenged because here are tools to help them be resilient and get back to baseline and be able to move forward. Right. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So tell me about this engagement piece, unless you have more about positive emotions. Well, let me just do, do one more piece, because this is from my um, my other favorite researcher, which is Sonia Lubomirsky, and her book, which is one of my textbooks and, and guides, is The How of Happiness. So what she did is she um, did um, the research that found happiness, and that is kind of the, the surge of positive emotion, um, is broken up into three components. So. 50% of our happiness is genetic. So they did all these, you know, famous twin studies and found that 50% of your happiness level is based on your genetics. And 10% is based on your environment and your life situation, which is always pretty shocking because, you know, that means your job, your relationship, you have children, and, and 10% is, is the average. So it's some, some events in life kind of increase that influence, others kind of help decrease it. So life situations like divorce um, will bring that down. You know, marriages will actually, you know, initially bring that up. Often they go back to baseline. And and funny enough, um, not funny enough, parenting often, you know, contributes to some more negative emotions, but it <laughs> often makes up, for, it makes up for itself. In I marriage. wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And actually, there's not many events that change people's uh, positive emotions, but they do find that people who, um, once their kids launch, there's a a layer of, you know, their their happiness level goes up. Now, you know, I I think some of that is just laundry and shopping for food, right? You have a little more. Yeah, it's a true story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, so so 50% genetics, 10% environment, and 40% is what you do. Okay, so 40%. So that is, you know, the big ones are, you know, exercise, mindfulness. I mean, we all know from the overwhelming research how effective that is. And people who have those exercise and meditation mindfulness habits, I often bow to them because that really is it's helping them move forward. You know, we also know, I mean, using your strengths, practicing kindness, gratitude, um, are, are also some of them. Having goals. So all of these things actually contribute to people's happiness level. So it it leads to, especially in my coaching practice, that is an important component is what are people doing to take care of themselves because it's an important source of fuel um, for their achievement. Yeah, and I think that, again, some people may hear the statistic that there's such a huge portion of it that is genetic and then they kind of get in that, oh... So I can't do anything about that. It's like, well, you can do something about the rest of it. <laughs> like, there's still a huge percentage that you absolutely have control over. Yes, yes. And, and it takes effort. You know, it's not simple, 
right? You don't sort of run and say, oh, I don't feel any happier. I mean, these are sort of, you know, how do you get habits, how do you get practices? So it, it all takes effort, as you know, to make any kind of change. For sure. For sure. Okay, so what about, let's kind of look at engagement just really quickly. I mean, I know we've, we won't have time in today's conversation to get all the way through the whole PERMA model, but just to make a few words about engagement, I think, is, is it the next kind of logical logical step just to kind of frame that. Absolutely. And, and this is where sort of my coaching practice lies, really. So when um, the, the concept of engagement is talking about, you know, number one is flow, and, and that is sort of research done by Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, right, to, to be in the field of positive Yeah, you have to practice and be able to say that. So that took me a bunch of years. Um, so, so what he found, so the concept of flow, and, and that is the state of full engagement when you're doing something, you lose track of time, you're energized by doing it, um, and, and, and hopefully we've all had some of those experiences. You know, often talk, people think about it as athletes in the zone, you know, but I think about it when, you know, actually even when I'm organizing my basement and I'm just in it and I finally have the effort and the time to do it, you know, it's like, oh, what time is it now? Or, when I'm with good friends and catching up, it's hours later. So, so there's sure. that concept of full, um, full engagement and, you know, again, another source of energy. So, so, so that's one of the main concepts. Now, the other um, that come under engagement is, is using your strengths, right? So we know that when people use their strengths, they're able to succeed and achieve more. Now, again, positive psychology is concerned about how people use their strengths and also how do they manage their lesser strengths. So I, I torture my clients by I don't call them weaknesses. Um, and the, the, the test uh, to measure strengths in the field of positive psychology has, is the VIA Strength Finder, so Values in Action, developed by Marty Seligman and Chris Peterson. And I encourage anyone who's listening, you know, almost to stop listening really and go to viame.org and take that strength test. So that has been um, a source of profound change in my life and a key um, a key tool that I use to work with clients because any client I work with, I have them take that before we meet, and then I do a strength interview, and I ask them how have they used their strengths. And it's, it's just sort of an overwhelming um, experience when people get to talk about what they're good at. Okay, so in, in many ways, I, I frame my work as a coach by starting in that place um, so people can see their success, savor their success. And from there, you know, I'm going to look at how can we use those strengths, past experience of success to inform their effort to make change moving forward. So that's so yeah. the strength-based approach and the focus is really the heart of, of coaching for me. How do we help for people sure. bring their strengths to the world? For sure, and I think that that's really what resonates so completely with why why being a good coach means that you're uh, an effective positive psychology practitioner because you're you're combining this at the central core of of the coaching concept, right? The whole construct of coaching about the the, the forward momentum towards something that that brings the client joy and happiness and success and fulfillment, and uh, you know it's it's all of the all of the sort of things that we got into the, like the logistical definition of coaching um, as a whole as an entity this is so core so central to 
to those very tenants. I mean, really being able to move your clients forward and having a really solid, well-researched, well-documented format to work from. Yeah, that's a powerful place to come from as a coach, having having a really good understanding of how this operates. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just kind of put the last component is that this is really the most, most, most important part of engagement is goal setting. So there's yep. tons of great research on how do you set the right goals because, you know, as my colleague uh, Caroline Miller-Adams says, all goals aren't created, created equal. And um, a shout-out to her book, Creating Your Best Life, which, again, is another textbook that I use all the time in my coaching practice. So it really is helping people figure out what are the right set of goals. And in every – when I start with clients, I, I really spend the first two sessions of weeding them out. And, you know, if I had more time, I'd go into the, you know, qualities and characteristics of um, good goals, the right set of goals. But I uh, that that is essential. And – I work with my clients on how do I help them develop the goals mindset, which means when something um, doesn't work, I don't look at what's wrong with them. I look at what's wrong with the goal and, and really analyzing that based on research to help them figure out what are the actions that they need to take to move forward. Um, and and I, I've recently been calling myself a goals doctor, so I do sort of put on that, you know, Oh, yes, I'm sitting back, but I'm, I'm listening very carefully to what are their goals, how are they framing that, and, and I spend time educating them and, and helping them craft goals. You know, and it's beyond the SMART goal model, which, you know, specific, measurable, uh, attainable, realistic, and timeline. So that's some components, but, you know, th- there's many other components of goal setting that include creating approach goals, making sure goals work together and they don't conflict. Um, so there's other components. So so that for me is, um, as a coach, you know, we, we are, that, that's our specialty, is helping people set goals and meet them. Um, so it, it really has informed my practice, and it's exciting to watch. So it's exciting to watch um, clients really figure out the right entry point to um, success. Absolutely. Well, and you, you bring up something which is uh, in essence of time, because we are actually coming to the end of our, our conversation for today. But I do want to say that there's a couple of things I want to make sure we touch on. So first is that we're going to actually have a second part of this conversation. So if you want to know more about positive psychology, a little bit more about all of the wonderful things that Deb is talking about, be sure to catch us in our next conversation, uh, which will be broadcasting here in just a, a week or two. Uh, but I also want to kind of really raise everybody's attention. So if this has piqued your interest, which I'm sure that it has, make sure that you take time to check out and, and really put on your personal calendar for your professional development. Uh, September 12th is uh, when uh, uh, Deborah Levy's program, Positive Psychology, begins at Impact Coaching Academy. For those of you who uh, are familiar with that, you know you know how to get yourself signed up for that. But for those of you who are listening to this who may not have uh, had the chance to check that out, uh, they are, of course, the driving force and uh, founding sponsors behind our entire uh, coaching podcast here. So you would definitely want to give them a shout-out and check this out. September 12th, Positive Psychology. So any closing thoughts you want to share with our listening audience today, uh, just really to sort of put a punctuation mark at the end of what we've covered so far? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yes, I do. And, 
And the value of positive psychology to me as an individual and a coach has, you know, informs my practice and keeps me engaged. So, you know, knowing what my strengths are and applying them to my approach to coaching has kept me, kept me, you know, energized and motivated and really passionate about what I do um, and how I help clients. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for bringing so much of your wisdom and so many different, like, little little nooks and crannies around positive psychology that we could have dug into here. I mean, it's just what you really highlight for me is how complex the, the research is, how much of it that there is behind this body of work, and that's exciting um, in an industry where uh, – we have had notoriously some thin research, and to, to really kind of look at it through this filter is just really exciting. Yeah, great, great, Terry. Yeah, yeah. No, I look, I look forward, I look forward to talking to you again about just you know the toolbox of strategies that actually are are pretty simple to do, and I I use it every session. So I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. With that, we're going to wrap up, turn things back over to the studio, and close us out. Thank you for joining us today. We'll have part two of this informative conversation with Deb Levy next week. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to bookmark coachingimpactradio.com on your browser or subscribe to the podcast directly. You'll find that information right on the website. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of content complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches on the way with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Be sure to join us as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone.